Thank you for connecting to this podcast for Faith Renewed. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. So I want you to do is grab your Bible, go to Proverbs, book of Proverbs. And um, if you're on version, the Bible app, you can go to the live event section. There's a live event taking place. You can follow along. Again, remember, don't jump ahead. Follow along in the message, and, uh, and you can follow along there if you like. And uh, we're in a series called The Greatest Stories Ever Told, where we are going through the Old Testament together. And uh, it's been fun. And we're in the book of Proverbs right now. So uh, you're turning there, and I want, us to, I want us to do this. Let's just pray one more time. And uh, I invite you to do this. Pray with me. God, we thank you today for your presence. Oh, man, we've, we, we know you're here. God, we thank you for those moments when we can't feel you. And uh, Lord, but we know that by faith, God, even when we don't feel it, God, we have a faith in you and a trust in you. And we have a trust in your word. And God, we put our hope in that. We believe it's true. And so today, God, we open our hearts up to it. And uh, whatever today that, Lord, you want us to hear and receive from this, we'll be open and not reject. And God, we'll all learn. We will all grow today, Lord. And we ask that in the credible name of Jesus. Say it with me. Amen. Amen. One more time. Say it with me. Amen. Amen. Uh, As I said, we're in Proverbs. And Proverbs is a very cool book. Uh, It's not, again, a book of just sayings, but it's a book of wisdom. And uh, we are learning that these are things in this book, in the book of Proverbs, that we're growing from. And I, I told you that we would take this book of Proverbs and we would look at it topically. And so um, if you're on the version app right now and you're going through this, you, you already see what we're going to be uh, talking about today. Don't jump there yet. Let me just kind of quick review. We've talked about over the last several weeks in the book of Proverbs, some very important topics and some subjects that are just, in, I mean, just much needed to be talked about. Uh, we've talked about marriage and we've talked about pride, uh, relationships, uh, racism, uh, religion, and a lot of the things, again, straight from the book. And so we're going to do this today as well. We're going to take this straight from the book on a subject and a topic that we desperately need to be learning more about and, and, and uh, being, uh, having an understanding of. And so today, we're going to be talking about the subject of finances. And uh, so um, this is uh, usually we kind of can stir up a couple of uh, feelings. Some are like, oh, this is going to be good. Some people are like, oh, my goodness, this ain't going to be good. You know, and so uh, whatever, you know, you may feel right now, I hope that you'll be open to hear uh, the word today and receiving of that. Um, it is one of the things for some reason, uh, it makes people nervous, you know, uh, you know, a lot of times, I, I believe because uh, it's, been, it's been messed up in a lot of ways. Um, it's been the main focus above Jesus, and it's not the main focus, uh, but the Bible is super clear about this subject. Uh, Jesus was very clear about this subject. Um, it was said that out of the 38 parables that he taught, 16 of them were on the uh, subjects of uh, finances and possessions and stewardship of what we have, and so Jesus spoke of this often. Um, it is one of the things, and I, I actually uh, asked for forgiveness of, of the 9 a.m., I ask forgiveness of 11 a.m. Uh, of you guys for not teaching on this subject more. Um, I actually repented of, of this and uh, because um, I went back and looked on our uh, podcast, which is a great, cool resource, and our AV team is incredible and so thankful they get that up and listen to the messages, and they're all free. You can download those and share them with friends. And I went back and looked, and the last time that I actually did a message on finances was June of 2016. 
And I said, God, I got to do better. I'm sorry. You know, because you taught all this stuff. This, this is clear in the Bible. And, and so I, I want to teach it today, and I, I don't want to pull back. You know, it's a natural tendency is to pull back because of how it has been kind of messed up and how it's been taught and how things have been shared about this and how it has become the focus of a lot of places. Our focus is Jesus, and it will always be the focus. And I believe as we focus on Jesus, what should stir in our hearts, what should be this a desire to, to honor God and giving to him and service and, and love of our life, if needed in every way. It's what should just come out from us, and it's what we should do. But I also know this Colossians talks about being rooted and built up, established in the faith to the level that you've been taught. And so I want us all to be taught this and, and, and look at what the Bible says and so what he sees. And so it is very clear on what's going on here. And one of the things that we've learning from the book of Proverbs is this, that we've been seeing things that we are to do we're seeing things that we should not do. And so I was like, man, God, it's just amazing how good he is. And I was like, what's the, the biggest, most beautiful what not to do, what to do when it comes to this subject of finances? And he reminded me of Matthew 6. We've been studying Matthew on Wednesdays. And in Matthew 6, we see Jesus give us the biggest to do, not to do kind of thing in Scripture. And in Matthew 6, 19, he says this, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Now, we're going to find out that's not talking about not saving money and those types of things. It's not true. That's uh, not what he's saying, but he's saying something else. He's saying, don't let for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. He's saying this, don't let this be where the most valuable thing in your life is placed. And so he says, what not to do? But then he's just like, Jesus, like, boom, do this. He's like, what to do? Matthew 6, 20. But lay up for yourselves treasures in earth. In heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. And uh, I, I'm going to be honest, I, I'm not a fan of, of a thief. I, it's, it's just one of those things that, you know, in the natural, it's a frustration. I remember being a young man, a uh, little boy actually, coming home from Sunday night service with our, church, our family, and I walked in the door, and uh, as we walked in, uh, we noticed the curtain had been kind of pushed out the window, and it was raised up. Someone had broken into our home and, and you know, basically just kind of just went through the whole house and destroyed some things, took some things, and it's like, oh, man, you know, but I'm like, man, we don't want to get in the mindset to where we're thieves and where we steal and where we, we're like, we're, I wouldn't do that. It's messed up. Let's see. Let's learn. Let's establish ourselves in the degree we've been taught. And again, Jesus says something. And he goes on in verse 21 of Matthew 6. He says this, and this is why I believe more than anything else, he says this very clear. And he says this, but he wants us in verse 21. He says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And you know what God wants your heart? He don't need your money. He don't take your money. He don't come like, you know, some people are like, well, if you don't give it to him, he's going to get it one way or another. You know, he, he don't need your money. I mean, he's God. And so he don't. But we find out there's a thief who steals it. There's an enemy who comes in. And so we're going to find out and see what this says. And so if God's very concerned about the condition of our heart, if he makes that very clear for us, we want to be very serious about it as well. If he takes it serious. And so we know this. This is one of the things, if you've got money out, it would say, in God we trust. We place it on the money. But you know what happens a lot of times? We don't trust that. It's not in God we trust. It's, it's, it's in that thing that we hold in our hand. And that's where our trust becomes, not in God, not in him, and not in who he is. And so we put our trust in that. Charles Spurgeon, who's been labeled the prince of preachers, he said this. He says, with some Christians, the last part of their nature that ever gets sanctified 
is their pockets. And uh, so again, we want to give him everything. And so I, I don't want this to happen. I don't want to see what we see happen. You know, Jesus goes on to say, he said, you can either worship God or man and money. And so he's like, he said, I, don't, I, I want you to worship and serve me. That's what I want you to serve. And that's who he's calling us into. And so uh, we want to know this. We want to learn this. Again, we don't want money to be the God, but we want to worship God with our money. And so it's one of the ways that we do this. And so we're going to open up and we're going to find out. One of the most important things that we can just go ahead and learn before anything else is this, that we're simply the steward of what God gives us. We're the steward of what he's placed in our care. So that means this, a word steward is one of them like, kind of like church words. Sometimes people are like, okay, hey man, I don't know what, not, I, what does that mean? You know, a, it means manager. It's real simple. So it means this, we are the manager of what's been placed in our care. And so it means this. It means I'm not the owner, but I'm the manager of what he's, he's given. And so we're the steward of that. And so if we, would, if we would understand that, first of all, it's his, and he takes care of stuff that's his, and when we don't try to take it from him and let him do what he wants to with it, he blesses us. And so what I believe happens as we apply God's word, we ultimately walk in a greater blessing. It's just, it's just, again, the Bible, and I believe it's very true. So we typically will do this. A lot of times when we think about finances, we'll go to one of two places in our mind. We'll say it's either, well, you're either like rich or you're like poor. You know, that's kind of like kind of how we place it. And we know, again, there's more places than that, but I want you to see something greater. There, the Bible actually kind of puts it into categories like there are righteous rich and unrighteous rich. There are righteous poor and unrighteous poor and in-betweens and middle class and this class, whatever. And it becomes this. It becomes a question for us is, are we righteous? Are we doing as we should do with what he's given us? And so as we break this down, I believe we can all learn and grow. And so we want to first do this is just see that above all else, we need wisdom. And Proverbs 15, 16 says this. Again, this book of wisdom, it says that better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasures with trouble. So again, he's not telling you that he doesn't want you to have a lot. He's just saying this. It's better that you have little than that you have a whole lot and miss me. Jesus said things like, man, what would it profit a man gain the whole world, lose his soul? So again, I want us and I believe God wants us to walk in a greater level of blessing, but not at the expense of sacrificing and giving our heart to something else. That was good, Pastor. Amen. Amen. So let's do this. Let's get wisdom in this area. And so I'm going to do this. I'm going to show you three things. And these are three things that we're supposed to do with money. All right. So um, again, very practical book. Proverbs, very clear. Had a very hard time limiting the amount of verses. And there's a lot of Bible today. I had a very hard time limiting this, but had to scale it back. So uh, there's a lot there. But the first and number one thing that we do with money is we should give. Number one thing. Amen. Uh, just ain't it good that we should give? And we got some very cool big font today on the, on the screen. I like that. Uh, our first service, Josh, AV guy, is up. PT, I found out, man, we can do this with this. How's that look? I was like, that's awesome, bro. That's cool. Do that. That was awesome. So it's like we give. And so there are variations in ways that we give. And so the Bible, again, is clear on the subject. And so what I want us to first of all see that this is what we should do. Above all else, the very first thing that we do, what's been entrusted to us is we give. The first way we should give is this way. We should give obediently. That's how I want us to give. That's how God wants us to give. So we give obediently. Obediently in Proverbs would be like this. He says in 3, 9, Proverbs 3, 9, to honor the Lord with your possessions, with the first fruits of all your increase. 
So he's making a principle. There's, there's, if you study theology, there's a law of first mentions. And so we start seeing things. And this is one of the things where he begins to first mention what this should look like. And so he's showing us here the first fruits. That's the, that's the word in the Hebrew. It means the choice best part. So I don't give him what's left. I give him what's best. And so I, I give him first. And so we do this. The very first thing that we should do is give to God. And one of the things that he asks us to do, and it's, I believe, clear in Scripture, is that he does this. He wants us to tithe to him. Now, again, that might be a word like steward that you may have heard in church, but you're like, what does that even mean? Literally, the, mean, the word means in Hebrew, it means tenth. So this is what God would ask us to do. He wants you to tithe to him. He, so we give to him first. Now, some people are like, they've done this, and I've heard it. I've heard it all, uh, being in, you know, a minister now for a couple of decades. And I've heard people say, well, that's Old Testament. And my answer to that, no, Old Testament, if you actually added up the Old Testament giving, you know, it becomes about 25 to 30% is what they gave through the offerings that they gave, the tithe that was given, the law, the ceremonies they responded to. Do you want to take an OT? Some of y'all, okay, all right, so no, no. But this is a principle that's taught, and it's clear in Scripture, and it doesn't end. So here's what we need to know about, first of all, this principle. It was here before the law began. It predated it. So it's not something that was made up. It was not something that later on it was a set of rules. It becomes, again, an indicator of giving to God first. And so we trust him with this. And it was sad. I heard a statistic. That it, was, it was heartbreaking that the average Christian gives about 2 to 3% of total of their gross income to the Lord. And that's not just the house of the Lord, which I believe that's where the tithe comes from. We're going to hear in a minute where the tithe goes and then giving above that what that looks like. And so it's a very sad, disturbing thing that's, being, that's, that's, that's out there today. And so um, I, I heard that and my heart was broken. And I want us to be open and I, I want us to be, be really a church that does this. We believe everything the Bible says. And so I don't want us to trust what the Bible says about heaven hell, eternity, and not trust what it says about the Bible, about on, on the words of giving. And so I want us to be open to this. And, and in Malachi chapter 3, we hear something spoken, and it's probably, it, it is probably one of the most challenging things that you can hear upon this subject. And you actually, in Malachi 3 verse 8, it says this. It says, will a man rob God? Like, none of us in this room want to rob God. I don't believe there's anybody here that has that heart. I don't. I don't think nobody in here would just want to just rob from God. I don't believe that, you know, again, God comes home from church on Sunday night and he walks into his house and then he sees his window open and the curtain flaring and everything's been jacked. I don't think nobody would want to do that. But he says something. He says, well, a man robbed God. And he says, then how do we do this? He says, yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what ways have we robbed you? And he says, in tithes and offerings. And when we don't, again, put him in this first in this area, it brings a curse. We also know it brings a blessing. We walk in this area of trust here. And so he says this. He says, for you are cursed with a cursed. You have robbed me, even the whole nation. And a very important word in verse 10, it says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. And if I will not open for you the windows of heaven, Pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And look at what he says. He says, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. So he's saying something for us to do here. He's saying that we are to bring the tithe. 
So I want us to lose the mindset. And it's, and it's easy, again, to kind of get into stuff. And if you get into this mindset, the enemy likes to use this and twist this, put this in here, that, hey, you need to pay your tithes. You ain't paying him. You don't pay Jesus for getting on the cross and dying. You know, there's not enough to pay that. There's nothing that's just that we could give back to him to pay Jesus for getting on a cross, dying in our place for our sin, and, and, and defeating death to give us life, to promise us a place in heaven. We don't pay for that. So he's asking something. I want you to do this. I want you to bring this to me. It's a bringing. It's like in our house. We have a two-story house. And, uh, you know, if you have a two-story house, it doesn't matter. I mean, I actually, like, go out and, like, put on shoes and jog around my, on the road. You know, I do that. Some of y'all do that, you know, and I need to do it more. But I jog around, but I don't want to walk up the steps in my own house. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then, so you just like kind of like a lot of times like stand at the bottom and just chunk stuff up, you know, or like you call and, and you call somebody in the, in the family in the house and, and you at the bottom and they're in their nose somewhere else. And you say, hey, bring me so-and-so. They toss it down, you know, and, and you know what they're doing? You know, if, if somebody owns something, it's theirs. You're downstairs. They're upstairs. And you say, hey, just bring that to me or toss that to me or whatever, you know, they're, they're giving you back. Well, sure. You know what we're doing the tithe? We're bringing it and we're giving that to him and we're trusting him with this. And then he begins to do stuff. He begins to rebuke the enemy off of our finances. And that's awesome. That's like the coolest thing that can happen. I mean, is that like that God is rebuking the enemy off of our finances for us. That's like awesome that he does that. And and I I think it's one of those things that we kind of can kind of be guilty of kind of like putting on ourselves, And we kind of like put that pressure on, on ourselves. Like, man, I got to rebuke the enemy off my finances. And he's like, I want to do that. You call a Christian brother or sister and you say, hey, man, you got to agree with me right now, man. We got to rebuke the enemy off my finances. And God's like, I want to rebuke it. Let me. And he's like, oh, that's how you do it. Just trust me. Bring this to me. Give this to me. Trust me with this. And so I, you, you know this. If you've been around here, if you're new here, again, you know I have preached on this in almost two years. So you, this ain't all every week. And this ain't that church. And this ain't that kind of stuff. But those who don't know, do know me, you know I'm serious about the Bible. I'm very serious about the Bible. And I've been unable to open the Bible up, study it, look into it, and see that there's anything else other than two things that we can do with the tithe. According to the Bible, whether we bring it to him or we steal it from him. I, I, can't, I can't find anything else other than that. And so when we do this, he begins to go to work. He begins to rebuke the enemy. And so it's not him like, oh, he's going to get it anyway. He's going to go, he's going to get it. You might as well give it to him. Or if you don't give it to him, he's going to get it. He's not going to get it. The enemy who is a thief, the Bible says, who comes to steal, kill, destroy, is going to take that, but he rebukes the enemy for us. And so we do this. We give to him. And so I, I, I don't make the, the claim which I've heard said, well, I just give as I feel led. I'm going to be honest. I may not feel led to do a lot of stuff that's always the right way. <laughs> be honest. I mean, you know, he tells you to love somebody, to, you know, to bless somebody, to do something that you don't want to do, but he says do it. So we can't go by this little I feel led, you know. And so I, I don't... <laughs> I don't give to the Lord as I feel led. I, I, I give as he said. I give as he said. And so, and one of the ways he says to do this is just to give to him. And so it, it's just a simple thing. I'm like not good in math. I'm like not good in math. And so as someone who's not good in math, God was, like, was just like awesome. And so he did the tithe, I believe, for a couple of reasons. One, to help people who's not good in math. 
So it's just like, all you got to do is just like drop a zero deal. You know, like, hey, you got a dime, bro. You dropped a zero, penny. Dollar. Ten cent. We're good there. Kind of questioning. Until we get to 100. He said, 10 bucks. Oh, here's a thousand. People start going, no, no, no. Same principle. And you know what's awesome? He doesn't ask more of one than the other. So he's not asking one standard for one person and then another standard for someone else. He sets this up for us to walk in this. And so again, we give to him. And it's just a beautiful thing. So we give to him obediently. And so again, now we do this. Now we can get into the place to where, hey, how does he say to give when it comes to another way of giving? That's this, to give to those in need. We give to those in need. Proverbs 28, 27. He who gives to the poor will not lack, but he who hides his eyes will have many curses. So we we do this. We're given to people in need, and we with the Holy Spirit speak to us in those areas. But again, that is not, again, what we do with our tithe. Because he didn't say to bring it to that. He said bring it to the storehouse. And what you should be able to do is this, be in a church that you trust. You trust the storehouse. You trust what they're doing with that. And so, again, this is what he's asked of us to do. So we give. We give to those in need. I am thankful. I am thankful that God has put people in my life at times when it was needed who honored this passage, who gave when we were in need. We've been in that place. We've been in a situation where there were times early in ministry, and it was uh, back then we were actually walking in the time where uh, it was kind of like we had to balance, you know, the kind of how you paid things. And we did like our insurance, car insurance, like every like six months. And so like every six months, this all kind of came due. And so it was one of those, those times where it was due. We didn't have it. And this is where we were at. You know, Angel's like, you're not worried, are you? I was like, no, I'm not worried because we did what he said. And so I trust him. And you know what happened? Our phone rang and it was a person that God spoke to. And they said this, they said, how much you need? God just told me that you had a need in your life. I'm going, man, thank you, God. There's been times, I mean, I remember earlier on where, you know, we, we need, I needed tires for my truck. And uh, it, that was the, the steel showing through and all this kind of stuff. You're like praying more. Those, you know, you really pray more during those times in life, you know. And, and I'm like, man, God, help me get to the next place, you know, Jesus. I just want to get there. And, uh, and, 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 and someone's like, hey, I feel like God's told me to do this. Man, thank you, Jesus. Angel needed a, a medical test. It was going to cost us finance. We didn't have we didn't have insurance at the time, and it was a tough time. And, and somebody said, God told me I need to do this. Thankful for that. It's amazing. And, and, and this is something that God has spoken to our hearts in different times and different places. And, and there's been times, again, I couldn't put tires on our vehicle. But one of the things God told us to do last year was to give a vehicle to someone. You know what we did? We gave our vehicle to someone. Now, some of you look at me like, man, is Pastor trying to brag? Absolutely not. And one thing, again, it wasn't like, I'm going to get this out of your mind, it wasn't, like a, it wasn't a new vehicle. Um, <clears throat> because I don't buy those. I think that's not unwise in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, so I didn't give them something I didn't have, but this is what we had, and this is what he said, so this is what we did. And God blessed it in a tremendous ways. There are so many things that I could share that people in this room could share of stories just like this. So we give to those in need. And the final way that we give is this. We give cheerfully. So it means we have to do this sometimes. Repent for not being cheerful in giving. That when one of the guys get up and says, time to give, you go, 
I used to like this church. Now I'm fine. No, 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 no. Give cheerfully. So that probably is going to mean a lot of times in a lot of ways that we say, God, help me to give cheerfully. Help me trust you. And I promise you, when you do this, when you give to him in obedience and those in need cheerfully to him, he honors that. And it's a beautiful thing as you walk that out. Second thing that we do with our finances, we should do with our finances. Number two is that we should save. We should save. Now, this is not that stored up treasures and this whole thing. We're not, no, no, no. Because the Bible says that we should do this. So this is one of the things that we should do. I wish I would have heard uh, this message earlier in my life. And, uh, and so this is important. So we should save and put some back. Uh, Proverbs 30, 25 says, The ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare their food in the summer. You know what they're doing? They're, they're planting, they're saving, they're putting back for when they have need. Proverbs also says a simple man, a, a, a simpleton does this. He doesn't look ahead and he suffers the consequences, but a wise man looks ahead and plans accordingly. So you do this. This is removing a, one of the ways that the enemy can work in your life. We spoke about marriage a couple of weeks ago. Number one reason for fights and divorce in a marriage, money. So we do this, we give to God in that area, we put back and save so that when the situation arises, when you can't put tires on the vehicle, you're not at each other's face, going at each other, you're praying. You come close to one another, you trust God, you watch him work. So again, this is beautiful. So again, we put back, we save. It's just something God wants us to do. It's something clearly that we should do. Now don't do it for the wrong reasons. It happens. And this is where I believe Matthew 6, Jesus thing come, come in, where we start kind of doing this. We start saving and then we start putting our security in our savings. We start putting our hope there, our, our value. What now that uh, I'm worth, that, that I have this amount in the bank, so I'm this and that. Listen, it, it, it can be here today, gone tomorrow. We've seen it happen over and over. And none of us, when our time comes and we go see Jesus, are going to be pulling a trailer behind us with that stuff. So we're going to go and we're going to see him. And so we do this. We don't put our, our worth in that. We don't, we don't put ourselves up because ultimately he says in Proverbs eleven four, riches do not profit in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. What? Riches do not profit in the day of wrath, but righteousness. You don't get up there and say, well, God, you're going to let me in because I have all this stuff. No, no, no. Has he, have you been righteous is what he's given? Have you, have you been obedient? Have you, have you done what he's asked? And again, he's not saying not be blessed. He's already saying he wants us to be blessed. Proverbs 13, 11, he shows us how we should get it. He says this, wealth gained by dishonesty will be diminished, but he who gathers by labor will increase. So he's saying this, get up, be faithful, work, do with the things that he's asked of us to do. Uh, avoid the whole like get rich quick kind of thing, you know, that it just, just don't work that way. It's just, it's just a scam. It don't happen. Take the time, do this. Nobody just says, you know something, man, I'm going to get in shape, so I'm going to go to the gym tomorrow, and then that's it. Because if you go to the gym tomorrow, and then you look in the mirror, and ain't nothing changed, and it didn't, you're going to say, man, it don't work. If you do this stuff one time and then you come back to me and say, it didn't work, and I'm going to say, how many times you do that? So, so this is a process. This is what he's wanting us to do. Just begin to make plans. Begin to do this. Don't, don't get caught up in that trap of where the enemy can work. And, and then don't do this. Don't get caught up saving, and that becomes your heart. That becomes what you love more than anything else. But serve and be faithful. Don't get caught up in the trap of like, man, I got to do more, work more, get more money, hoard more, do all this kind of stuff. That's not what he's saying. He rewards us of that. Proverbs 23, 4, do not overwork to be rich. <clears throat> Some of y'all are like, man, I need that. Do not overwork to be rich because of your own understanding. Cease. 
So he's saying this, listen, don't, don't, don't be, you know, be faithful, serve, or do those things, but don't get caught up in that. But I promise you this, if you'll, if you'll do this, if you'll give to God, put some back, you're like, there's nothing to put back. They have nothing to put back. You know, you're like, there's no way. This is how we're going to be able to do this. Put some back, give as we should give, and it's number three, and it's how we spend. Dun, dun, dun. It's like, how do we spend? You can add a word on the end of that, is that you spend wisely. That's what you do. You, you probably have to make changes in how you spend things and what you do. And again, God doesn't mind you having things. He doesn't want the things to have you. He doesn't mind if you're blessed. He doesn't, he doesn't mind this. But again, we do things the way God would have us in the order of which he places that out. So again, we do this. We spend wisely. So it becomes a, it's something that we begin to do, and we use a word that we don't like to use when it comes to finances sometimes, and it's no No, no. Uh, I, I, I remember when it was like, um, you know, you should write checks, and no, you don't write many of those. And, and now, like, you, you, you know, use cards, and now it's like stuff's digital. It's crazy what all, how this stuff flows. But I remember like when everything was like cards, and, and it, we were out, and Adam was a little boy, and, and, and uh, he, he wanted something, and it was one of those times where we weren't in a position to do it. And uh, we said, son, no. You know what he said? Hey, use that card. Come on, and that's how we, we think a lot of times. We just think, oh, this is magic. Oh, hallelujah. Until the bill comes in. And so they, we have to use wisdom there. So be careful in this. Sometimes you, you got to say no. Don't get caught up in the stuff. I, I'm, I'm probably going to make some people mad, and I already have. So uh, and it's just, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, sorry, this is the Bible. But, um, you know, it's, it's just what we should do. But one of the areas that I think we should spend wisely in, and I think we need to just, again, just guard ourselves in certain areas. And what I'm getting ready to say, again, I know it's not cool. I know if we want to be like the hip, cool church, I, I shouldn't say this. But, you know, one of the things that we blow a lot of money on is foods, coffees. <clears throat> now, get ready. This is going to mess with some of y'all. Now, listen, listen, listen. There's no, God don't mind you drinking coffee. I don't think God minds you. I don't think he really minds you that much drinking expensive coffee. I think he minds if you do it every day. And I think he minds this, if you give your money to coffee or his money to coffee. Or I think he minds if you give his money to Mickey Mouse. We're a Disney fan. We like going to see Mickey Mouse. He's awesome. You know? and, uh, but here's what we're not going to do. We're not going to give Mickey Mouse God's money. Refuse to do that. I'm not going to give my house, uh, my car. No, I'm not going to give those things to God. And so I was like, man, just kind of help, help me see this. And so one of the things that I do every day, it's just what I do, get up, go to the coffee pot, dump out the old, put water in, and do this. And so I was like, Angel, how much is that, our coffee? And it's, it's good coffee. And uh, it's bold, and I, I like it, and it's good. And, um, and I, I don't like to shop. I don't like fooling that kind of stuff. I'm not the bill writer kind of stuff. Thankfully, God gave me an angel. And um, I, I don't like that stuff. So I was like, hey, how much is that coffee? And she said, $6.93. Oh, that's, that's pretty cool. No, $6.93. And, you know, there's a lot of places you can go, and you drop that on one cup. And I looked, and we figured it out. It's like 85 to 90 cups. 
I almost lined 90 cups on the stage today. I almost did it, just like to drive it home, man, to drive it home. Now, again, does he mind these other things? No. What he minds is this, not being a good steward, not giving things, again, that belong to him to something else. Those things will become our God. I'm going to promise you, when you, you cannot pray to coffee and it saves you as much as it makes you feel good. It will not heal your children. It will not deliver them from hell. I promise you. So we give to God. We love him. We do this. And sometimes we say no, even though it looks like appealing. And then and the advertisers like know how to make stuff look good. Uh, my, Caleb, my 13-year-old, 13, he, he got strep throat this week and I uh, had to leave and go pick him up. And we went home and I, so I was working at home and I had my computer out and he was watching TV and he's laying there. You know, and he had a little fold-out little chair that we have, and he's laying there on the fold-out chair, and, and he's watching TV, and an infomercial comes on about a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> First of all, I don't know how, what a vacuum cleaner hardly looks like. I mean, he ain't used one maybe once or twice, I think, you know, so we're trying to train him up. But he, he, they, they made this thing like look so good. They were showing them just like taking it and going under stuff and between the, I mean, it was just awesome. And then they said this, they said, and it comes with a five-year warranty. He's laying there with strep throat, laying on, on, the, on the little chair covered up. He jumps up, honest the Lord, God, you know my heart is true. He jumps up and he turns around and looks at me and said, Daddy, they're going to sell a bunch of these. And you could have yours too for three easy payments. <laughs> you could have yours too. They make it all look so good. So sometimes we got to say no and avoid stuff. So we don't do this. We don't go out and just charge stuff. We don't use money that we don't have because the Bible says, Proverbs 22, 7 says this. This is slavery when this happens. He says, the rich rules over the poor and the borrower is the servant to the lender. And so we don't want to get caught up in being enslaved to those things. And again, God wants us blessed and all that stuff. But again, we make a budget. That's probably a, a three words that some people really need to take away from this. And that's make a budget. And I'm not the simple guy. I know we have guys here that like love that stuff. And I'm like, how do you love that? You know, but they're like, I mean, it's like, it's like, oh man, like I'm like reading Greek and Hebrew and think that's awesome. They're like, how do you do that? And they're like numbers and going, oh, that's awesome. And, and they think that's fun and, and, and they love that. You may be that, that person. You may not be that person. You may need to try to link up with that person, get to know that person, let them pour into your life and help you out a little bit. But what you need to do if you haven't done so is this, make a budget. It means this, you don't spend what you don't have. So you take it and you use wisdom in this area and you do things. And so I'm gonna ask this question. And we, this, is what, this is what we said Proverbs should do for us. It should ask us, what should we start doing? What should we stop doing? What should we do and what should we not do? And this is what I love about God. This is what he did for us. And as the worship team comes, this is what God does. He gives. So I, what I've said today, again, we're not paying him back. We're not like... You know, you, got, you die on the cross. I don't have to go to hell, so I'm going here. No, 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 no. He gives freely to us. Why does he do, why does he do that? The Bible says because he so loved us. That's why. Because he so loved us. That's why he gave. He goes on to say, and, we, and, and this last verse, and man, this has just been it's, it's so, so powerful. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 5 and 6. 
It says this. It says that for there is one God, one mediator between God and man, and that man is Christ Jesus. That's the man. That's, it's, it's, it's Jesus. And, and that's the one who gave. And this is what he does. Verse 6 says this, that he gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. You know what he did for us because he loved us? He gave to us. And he gave to us because we needed him to give to us. He needed to come and give his life on our cross for our sins. So I want you, if you would, just, just as quietly as you can, and if you don't have to leave, please don't leave because God's getting ready to do something in this room. He's gonna, I really truly feel today that God's going to break some chains today as we go back into that song again. That he, he's today the king of our heart, the one we place on the throne, it's going to be Jesus. So I want you to do this. I want you to stand with me, please. And that right there where just after you stand, just immediately if you would, just as, as quick as you possibly can, just take a moment, just go into the place of where you just block out everything else in the room. Bow your heads, just close your eyes. Nobody's looking around, this is you and God. And I want you to do this for just a moment. I want, to ask you, I want you to ask yourself the question today. What do I need to start doing? What, I need, what do I need to stop doing? What I, what do I, God, what are you saying to me through this? And again, I, I told you what I... I've done in the past as I've pulled back and speaking this, teaching this, and it's wrong. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to pull back. It's from us seeing, getting free from this because it's a curse. It's, it's bondage. It holds people down. It it causes divorce. It causes suicide. It causes pain when we're bound up in this area. And I don't want us free in this. And so I don't want us to get up here and preach marriage hard and and preach pride hard and pull back. And also, I want us to do this, please, today. I don't want you to pull back in your response. I don't want you to pull back in your response to this. And just so you know, this is, this is what's awesome. And this is what's so good. And this is why we can get up here and say this just because against the Bible. <coughs> I'm not preaching this because like our church is in need and we're hurting. Man, we're blessed. Church is blessed. We're blessed because we do this very thing. We give as a church. We save as a church. We spend wisely as a church. We, we, we try to make good, godly decisions with what we have. This is what I want for you because I want us to walk in this blessing together. I want us to walk in this freedom together. How many more people could we reach for Jesus if we're just walking in freedom in this area? So I want you just to bow your heads, close your eyes. First of all, I want to give you an opportunity to respond to something today. That's first of all, just a message today of what I said is that Jesus gave to you. That means this, that you don't earn this, you don't pay for this. You've been good enough or bad enough to receive this any other way than just simply by the grace of God being poured into your life and accepting that by faith in Him. And that's salvation. That's the greatest gift that we have. It's the greatest thing that we can receive today. So I just want to, just before we go any further, if there's anyone here, and we had some today surrender their life to Christ, and the first service is incredible, it's beautiful. And I believe today maybe God's speaking to some hearts here. And just as heads are about eyes are closed before we go any further in this service. Today, if you need to surrender your life to Jesus, I want this settled. I want this set in your heart that you're walking in salvation today. If you say, God, I, I, I didn't give my life to God today. I need to surrender my life to him. I need to receive this gift. I want you to do this. Just right where you're at. 
nothing to be ashamed of. I want you just to simply do this. Just raise your hand up as high as you can get it to the sky. Lights are low and I can't see well, so I need you to raise it up high. If I see a hand, I'm gonna, we're going to stop right here and introduce you to Jesus. Ah, love it. Anybody here? For now, I'm going to move on. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, bro. Yeah. Who else? Anybody else? Praise God, man. Just simply do this. Just right where you're standing. Say, God, I surrender my life to you, Jesus. <laughs> surrender my life to you. And God, right now, Lord, I believe today that you gave your very life for me. That Jesus got on the cross for my sins. I receive you now. It's my Lord. I receive you now. It's my Savior. I believe that you took my sin to the cross. I believe you died in my place. I believe you resurrected. Ascended to heaven. You're going to come again. I believe I'm going to spend eternity with you, Jesus. Because you paid the price for me. And I receive it now. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Just as heads are still bad, bad eyes are still closed. BJ, if you would, man, I want you to step back to care ministry room, if you would. And just in the back, if you've done this, and, and before we go any further, I just, again, heads are bad, eyes are closed, just taking a moment, just a time to just, just say, God, what are you saying to me? If you've raised your hand, if you surrender your life to Jesus, I want you to take a next step. I want you just to step to the back. There's a, a great guy there named BJ. He just, wanted to say, he just wanted to say hey to you, get to know you, introduce himself, pray with you, celebrate with you what God's done in your life. And it's important that we do this. And if you need to get signed up for baptism, you can do that as well. But if you've made that decision to surrender your life to Christ, just right now, as heads are still bowed, just step out from where you're at. Before we go any further, before I make this next, next appeal to you, you just take a moment. Just step out from where you're at. Step back, and BJ will meet you there and just talk to you and just celebrate with you. You can step into the care ministry room, pray with you. You may want to talk to them about some maybe things going on in your life. But now I want to speak to everyone else today, and they'll come back and join us in a moment. But everyone else right now, as your heads are bowed, eyes are closed, I want us to be honest. Let's don't pull back from the response here. Let's don't pull back right now to how we respond to this message. I want you free in this area. I want you blessed in this area. And we're going to worship. We're going to place him as the king of our heart. We're going to place him on the throne, put every other God, every other idol aside. And I believe this. this is going, it's going to happen. Chains are going to be broken off in this room right now. And so if, if today God has spoken to your heart, and maybe it's just like, I need to give this way and I haven't. I need to save this way and I haven't. I need to spend more wisely and I haven't. Do this. Raise your hands up. High as you can get it. Raise your hand up as high as you can get it. Man, there's a lot of hands. This, and this, is, this should be the proper response to this. That's what it should be. We should respond to this. I believe God's word should speak to our hearts. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Man, this is so good. Thank you, Father, for speaking to ours. Thank you that pride's broken off this room right now. The enemy's broken off this room right now. Chains are about to break in this area right now financially, God. People's going to walk in the blessing, God. Thank you for that, Jesus. Wow. Just keep raising it up. Keep it up for a moment. Raise it up high. High as you can get it. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Oh, man, this is so good. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 
I was going to pray where you're at. God just said, don't, let's don't let pride interfere with this. And I feel that's the Holy Spirit just said that. Don't let pride stop this. So I want you to do something. I want you, if you've raised your hand, just step out. Just step out. Come. Just come. Let's all just stand together in this altar. This should be an area we continually begin to obey and walk in and obedience. Just come. Just step on out before we pray together. Because I feel like, again, there's going to, this is this, this, something that's going to break in the spirit. Something's going to break off this in your life. Oh, man, this is awesome. I want to give to God in obedience. I want to, I want to save wisely. I want to spend wisely. I want to do what God's asked me to do. I want to be free in this area. We're blessed. God wants us blessed so we can be a blessing to others and we can be the one. We can be the person walking in that. Hmm. I feel that that right now just this has been generational for somebody. And and the tendency that begins to typically will flow as we do what a lot of times our parents did in a lot of ways. We follow suit in that. But listen, God wants to break that off today. That curse, even a generational curse, a bondage in this area. He breaks the chain, but yet then we turn and walk in obedience as a free person, not bound. So right now, I just thank you right now, God, for what you get ready to do. Anybody else, just join us. We're we're just coming. We're a family. We're just all coming together. Just right now, right where you're at, before this song begins to just unfold and the Spirit of God does His thing, right now, just simply lift up your hands, and I want you to do it this way. Just lift up your hands. And just as a sign of surrenders to him, open them up to him. If your hands are closed, just open them up to him. Thank you, Father. Lord, just as a sign of release, I'm letting it go. I'm not, I'm not, I can't do this on my own. I can't manage this stuff and do this on my own. I got to do it your way. And I want you to see is this. Now they're open again, not just to release, but to receive. Oh, man, some of us right now, we, he's been wanting to, to, to pour it into Your hands have been closed. Oh, man, he's been trying to give it to you. You've been holding on to something else that you're supposed to let go of. Right now, so God, we just release it to you, Jesus. Mm. This has been a podcast of Pastor Terry Rogers brought to you by Faith Renewed. For more information about us, please visit faithrenewed.org. For questions, feel free to contact us via email at info at faithrenewed.org. Thank <laughs> you.